All right, today, how to make the right connections that create opportunities. This is the Seven Figures Podcast Smart Money Strategies for Women with Sandy Waters. The go to gal is with us today, Jacqueline Malone. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Now, your business is helping clients uh, go from the best kept secret to the go to authority. Tell me more. Yeah, so I work with experts. Coaches, consultants, service providers, people that have an expertise. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they kind of bump up against a ceiling. They feel like they're constantly compared to their competitors. Or maybe they want to charge more, but mm. they're not really sure where those people are. They're kind of stuck in their circle. They want to exponentially grow their business, but they, they don't really know how. They're not and sure how. Exactly. And okay. there's many paths to do that. The path that I help my clients with is by becoming that go-to authority so that their dream clients and opportunities just land in their lap and they don't have to like hustle, hustle, push hard for those things. And I know one big component to your business is the courses that you offer, which I want to get to some of those key secrets that you give out in the course. But before we go there, how did the idea start for you to be the go-to gal? Was it in the middle of the night, one night you're like, oh my God, I have this brilliant idea, honey. Or... Did it evolve slowly over time? It started with an insult. Oh, oh God, this would be a good story. Okay. Started with a slap in the face. No, a metaphorical, not a literal slap in the face. Yeah, yeah. So I had started my business back in 2015 and had been building up this brand. But what made you, even before that, what made you say, hey, you know what? I want to start a business. I want to start a business. Okay. So back in 2004, I was still in RIT, I was still in college. Okay. And my dad left the company that he was at for 18 years to start his own business with commercial real estate. Joe Fiore, Jay Fiore and co. You probably see his signs all over town. And he was he was the top producer in the company and was ready to start his own business. And at the time, I was working full time. I'm like, well, while I was in college, I'm like, well, if you're leaving your job, I'm leaving my job. I'm going to help you. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. So I helped my dad start his business. And. He just has this passion for what he does uh-huh. that like you feel like like I naively thought like if I'm just like around it enough, like it's going to rub off on me and then I'm going to be obsessed with real estate too. <laughs> Long story short, <laughs> not the case. <laughs> okay, Bummer. But he showed me it was possible. And sometimes it would drive me. He'd want to talk about real estate at like 10 o'clock at night around a Saturday morning. I'm like, Dad, I don't want to talk about work right now. It was because it wasn't my passion. It was his passion. Ah. And he showed me that, like, you can build a business around that. I just had to find my thing. And I ended up finding, like, a maybe not a decade later, but in 2015, I found podcasts and started seeing all these people. I had, I had worked for entrepreneurs. I had supported entrepreneurs through real estate and seen all these people starting businesses, but, like, yeah taking out like massive loans and huge investments, like remortgaging their homes. Like I always thought I wanted to start a business, but I thought it was this thing in the future, right? Like this big undertaking. And when I found podcasts and started hearing these people who were starting businesses from home and like for like under a hundred dollars and these, I'm like this, it blew my mind and it opened up this whole new world of opportunity for me. And I literally spent six months just like for real estate, I was driving around like all the time and in the car, I'd put on podcasts and I'd hear these stories and I would just like be thinking like, what could my thing be? Yeah. Yeah. What is your passion? What okay. is, where could that be? Right. And my mm-hmm. background was marketing. And so that was kind of a lot, but like with what you, right. 
So the idea finally came to start the business. The first idea that I had, which is not what I do now, but, you know, always start somewhere. And a group of girlfriends of mine from RIT, Mm -hmm. some of them who had $100,000 in student loans, right, Uh, back in the day, they had all had their first child, went back to work, had their second child, and were now home. And we're bored, and we're looking for something. And I saw that all of them were starting these businesses from home, different things, Uh, a calligrapher, a photographer, right? Like all different things that sometimes was their background or sometimes was just a new hobby they were Mm -hmm. able to make into a business. And we would, we had this group chat going and I would just be on there like, oh, giving marketing tips. And I could, I would just love to be in that group chat all day, giving, like talking marketing and business strategy with them for these businesses. And it made me realize like, wow, okay, this cannot be an anomaly. And there's like this different world. There's the business world of networking, Mm -hmm. right? And then there's stay-at-home moms. And this was this group in between that kind of didn't fit into either world. Like they would go to, you know, play dates and want to talk about their businesses, but that didn't really fit in. Or in the business world, it was like, well, you're like in your yoga pants with your kids. Like you don't really have a business, right? So they were kind of in between. And that opened up my mind of like, wow, like one, I want that. Uh, But two, I bet there's other women like that. So that's how my business started is I started on Instagram building a community for mom business owners called Chasing Dreams and Littles. So Chasing Dreams and Littles does not exist today. And I do not only serve moms, although most of my clients are moms because they see that in me and I tend to attract a lot of moms. So I've evolved a lot since then, but that's where the idea started. And the key here is that like, I love sharing that like, that's not what I do now because that's how you figure it out. The clarity comes from action. You could sit there and think about it all day, years, yeah. whatever. It, yeah. Like I was a entrepreneur for a solid decade. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably dig up the DNC back back in like 2005. I was on the front page of the cover section for a business back that, that didn't really go anywhere. But like I've been trying to do stuff for such a long time. But that's how like when I finally started taking action. Yeah, that's when the clarity came. And the connections. Oh, yeah. you know, is so helpful. I mean, that is. And it's almost bad to say, but it is so true that being the best at something isn't going to get you noticed. If you're only the best, it's true. unfortunately, that isn't what it's going to take. It's not, I, it's not enough. I tell my kids this all the time. I'm like, when they get frustrated over a test they didn't do well in or a sport or whatever, I'm like, listen, it doesn't matter. I mean, you should always strive to be the best. I will always <laughs> say that. But it's more than that. It is the connections. It's the, it's the people that you know. So... But how, though? Because a lot of people, that's hard. Yes. Well, so I want to tell you where I made that switch, though. That, that, like, that insult that made it all change. Oh, right. The insult. Yes. I don't want to forget about the insult. Okay, so So I started this business. Things were growing. And by accident, I started building a personal brand. So I started getting asked to speak and be on podcasts about Instagram, which that was not what I was teaching at all. But people saw that I was, they saw me doing it. Because it it, was newer-ish at the time? Just because that's the tool that I was using at the time to grow my business. And whenever, so we'll talk about this when it comes to creating relationships. Okay. But show, don't tell, right? So I didn't have to try to be an expert on Instagram. I was doing it. I was using it. I was growing on there. So people were like drawn to that. Like, Aww. how are you doing it? Okay. Without me being like, this is what I'm an expert in, right? It wasn't what I wanted to be an expert in, but it was interesting to me because I was kind of hiding behind this Chasing Dreams and Littles brand. But then I was getting like asked, I, my mentors asked me to go out to San Diego and speak at their conference on Instagram. I was on these podcasts. So there was something there. 
And and then I had had a couple clients that came in through a different channel. I was an affiliate for a course. My bonus, if they bought that course, was that they would have an intensive with me. So I did these intensives and two of the women within the same week said the same thing to me, which I think was a compliment, but I definitely took it as an insult. And that was, I would have never thought to work with you. Oh, and, what do you mean by that? <laughs> right? So I'm like, wait, what? And, like, and at the time, my brain was chasing dreams and littles. These were moms. They had businesses. Yeah. I'm like, you are literally my dream client. We just had this amazing intensive. We did all this stuff. And they like they were saying, like, wow, like, okay, this was really helpful. But I would have never thought to, like, this was surprisingly helpful, right? And that was because they weren't attracted to my brand. They didn't really know what I was an expert in. And they didn't uh. really resonate with that brand name. So that was when I dropped the brand and became oh, my own personal yeah. brand, Jacqueline Malone. And at the time, I had already kind of felt like, you know how sometimes with your kids, it's like, you're like, you know, do as I say, not as I do. And that was kind of what was happening with me and my clients is I was really helping them like define their expertise and get known for that. But then here I was still hiding behind this bigger brand and nobody knew that that's what I was doing. So that Uh, was about two and a half years ago when I really flipped that script around and was like, okay, no, like I'm going to own what I do and lead with that and start attracting the right people that way. Okay. So now how do we start those connections? Is it quantity of connections or quality you know do you go out there and be everywhere you can meet everyone you can or is it be very selective and be at the right places at the right time so I think it's selective I'm going to go back to the advice my mom gave me in elementary school which was in order to have a friend you have to be a friend and before we even start creating these connections we need to one like be that person that we think people want to connect with. We have to believe that. We have to show up like that and really live true to that. I think that's really my philosophy with creating relationships mm-hmm. is not what can I get from other people, which is when you say networking, I think that's what people picture like, oh, I need to like go hand my business card out or they don't want to be that person. So they avoid those events. Mm-hmm. And what really is going to be the most impactful is showing up in the way that you have that confidence of like, no, I, I'm here to help people. I want to meet the right people. And I'm someone of value. I, you know, showing up with that energy and people that confidence. Want to meet me. Believing that mm-hmm. some people, and listen, I... Like, I come from a long line of worriers. (laughs) Worrying can be my default. And I've had to do a lot of mindset work over the years that whenever I go down that, like, well, what if no one wants to talk to me? Or what if they think I'm this? Or what if whatever? the little insecurities we all have. Totally. To flip that around, as long as we're worrying, as long as we're imagining a bad scenario or a worst case scenario, start imagining good scenarios or best case scenarios. Like, even if it's something crazy... Stretch your imagination to go good instead of negative, because that's really all worrying is, is just mm-hmm. imagining bad things. So that's where I've kind of flipped that around to be like, OK, now we're going to imagine like, what if everybody there is amazing and so fun or wants to refer people to me or whatever it is, right? Just to start kind of training your brain to go in that direction. I think the hardest part, though, for a lot of people is that icebreaker you know, what the very first LinkedIn message you send or the email or at this networking event, the very first thing you say to these people that at that point in time feel a little intimidating. What is a good icebreaker? Sure. So one, if there's anything. So if you're in the room with someone, 
can usually come up with something to talk about that's happening there or asking a question, any form of common interest. And LinkedIn can literally stalk them and see if you have common interests, right, or common connections. You can always Do ask you? for introductions, too. Okay, so with LinkedIn, when you yeah. stalk people, they can see that you're stalking them, right? Or is there a, a switch you can turn off? Somebody here told me there's a switch you can turn off or people don't know you're watching them. There is a switch you can turn off. Do you know what that switch is? I, I don't do, right now. We it's, been a long, it's been a long time since I've investigated that. Because I love Facebook, even though it's for the old people, because nobody knows you're stalking them. Well, but here's the thing. Does it matter? Like, if we're trying to create connection. Okay. Does All it right. even matter if they you use that to your them? advantage? Showing that you're. Okay. All right. So I don't think we even need to. See? Wait, that is a perfect example of over worrying about the wrong thing. Yeah. I don't even know. Like, why not? Especially if you're looking, if, if there's someone you want to connect with, like hit the connect button, right? Like, of course, they're going to see that you looked at their profile. Okay. So I don't, I mean, unless it's like, you know, like your ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend, like I don't think it matters. <laughs> Right. Okay. All right. Oh, so okay. So for icebreakers, keep it light. Uh-huh. I think taking the focus off of you. A lot of times with the worrying, right? You walk into it and you're like, "Well, how am I going to say what I want to say?" Mm-hmm. Or what are they going to think of me? And da 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 da. Sure. How can you make them feel more comfortable? What can you find out about them? Like if you make it all about them, it takes that pressure off of yourself. And people want to talk about themselves, so it's a little bit easier that way too. Okay. And really genuinely yes. show an interest. Yes. Because you can you can pick out the, the frauds, right? <laughs> you have to genuinely can, show an right? interest. Totally. And I think, you know, when I walked in today, you're like, you don't have to dress up. Like, you guys aren't seeing us right now. We're behind the mic, right? But for me, when I dress up, when I put my red lipstick on, I feel like my best self. And when I feel my best, I show up as my best and I can bring the best out of others, too. Is it um, an important factor to to have a signature? You cited your lipstick. And yes. Wherever you see a picture of you, Jacqueline Malone is wearing red lipstick. It's true. <laughs> you are like the Rochester Taylor Swift. But <laughs> so is that important to, I don't know, leaving an impression, I guess? I think there's a couple different ways to leave an impression. I I think it helps to have a signature thing. Some people have a signature color or way they wear their hair or certain kinds of jewelry. Um, it helps for people to recognize you. So for us, I requested you on Facebook before we ever met in person. But then when we met in person, you knew exactly who I was because I looked just like my profile photo. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. So like get the photo for like don't have photos of your kids and your profile photo or like the photo of you like 10 years ago when you were a lot skinnier, like update it. So you like actually that look photo, like Jacqueline. <laughs> Listen, listen, I feel like I have earned the right to say that because I have gained a lot of weight over the last decade and I have some really amazing pictures from a decade ago that I would love to have up there, but people wouldn't recognize me. And the thing is, I like with my own, with me gaining weight over the years, right? I've had to get out of my own way and be like, you know what? No, I am going to buy great clothes. So, but when I, there's actually, I'm going to get nerdy for a second. So there's this phenomenon called enclosed Cognition. I'm going to paraphrase the crap out of this. Okay. Can I say? Can I say crap? I'm sure. Like, okay. You just did. <laughs> is, no, that's fine. I just did. We can edit that out. You oh. can even say that on the radio <laughs> on, when I do the morning show. That word is okay. 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 All right. Good. So I'm paraphrasing this, yeah. but essentially there were studies done where they had given different groups a white coat. 
Okay. And one coat, one group was given the coat and said, this is a doctor's coat. And the other group was given the same white coat, but told it was a painter's coat. And they had them do different tests that related to their attention to detail. Wouldn't you know, the group wearing the doctor's coat were double more attention to detail. Now, they did the same study, same white coats, told one group doctor's coat, the other group painter's coat. They are literally the same exact coats for creativity. And, of course, the group wearing the painter's coats were no way. creative. What a wild study. Isn't now, was this amazing? men and women? Because I feel like women have more of a connection with their clothes. Men and like, women. Men, oh, and, men women. and women. And there actually okay. was a third group that I don't think is as relevant, but um, the third group just had the coat in the room. They weren't wearing the coat. Ah, and okay. no difference was seen in that group. Okay. But when you put something on that, that you associate you something yeah. with, right? So it's the association. So when you put clothes on that you associate with looking a certain way or feeling a certain way, you are just more naturally going to show up that way. Okay. Now... I want to go back to a little bit of connections because yeah. when you go to your website, um, you have some pretty big names that have featured you, recognized you. Reader's Digest. I didn't even know that was still out, but Reader's <laughs> Digest, uh, Parents Magazine. How did you get noticed? How did they notice you? Well, I pitched myself to them. That's how that happened. Uh, sometimes I've had really big opportunities come from relationships. Sometimes it's just putting yourself out, Get there. out there. Yeah. That like believing that like, you know what? I have something I could contribute to this article for Reader's Digest. There's a site called Haro that's free, H-A-R-O. Okay. And it's reporters that literally post three times. It's almost, if you sign up for the emails, it's borderline annoying because it's like three <laughs> emails a day. Oh my gosh. There's okay. so many, but it's all these reporters that are looking for sources. So that's a free source. I have a paid subscription tube since I help my clients with things like this, um, but that's called ProfNet. It's actually the same parent company, but same idea where these reporters are looking for sources. So yeah, putting yourself out for those opportunities. Because okay. here's the thing, and I know we're not talking about building up your personal brand as an authority today, but whether you have your own business or you're in a job, raising your profile like that, like t like contributing your expertise to online publications or podcasts or local media, that's going to help you get that raise or get that client or whatever it is, right? People are going to look at you in a different way because you're willing to put yourself out for those opportunities. But I feel like a lot of people, I'll say people in general, but more, a little bit more women, don't feel comfortable putting themselves out there or in a position where they appear to be the expert unless they're certain, 110% certain they are qualified enough to claim that title. I so, know. Right? Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> totally agree. I totally agree. I think this contributes to the wage gap, too, is that, um, you know, having that confidence, that belief that we can negotiate yeah. for more. Yeah. Okay. So now let's be honest. And, and that that's kind of a, a great segue. So there are some people who are very good at what they do and they're making all the connections and they seem like from afar, oh my God, this person's got it together. But if you really ask them, it's not generating the money that you think it would be generating. Mm. So how did you get to the point where it actually is starting to generate money or, or are you still working on that? No, my business has grown tremendously. So yes, I think that's where it comes with building your authority with like within the thing that you do. And also you have to have the systems in place, right? So yeah. you want to be an expert at something and then that has to align with 
what you're doing for your career or what you're doing for your business. And a lot of times people, if they're not making the money they want to make and they feel like they're known, they either have a business model problem, (laughs) right, where we need to figure out that or they're too broad and it's not clear how they could really be impacting. They've really maybe grown celebrity, but not authority. Yeah. Um, that's where I think there's a little bit of a nuance too, where you're like, Oh, like they're everywhere, but they haven't grown that authority in something where people are willing to pay them. See, making that shift from being this like behind the scenes expert, like you said, with my intro is you're known to a certain group of people. You do what you do well, but nobody really knows you. And so when you're going to that same circle and you're trying to double your rates, they're like, I can't pay that. Right. Sure. But when you're out there and known for your expertise and you're, marketing that to a targeted specific group of people. One, you get better at what you do because literally every client you have makes you more valuable to the next client, right? Because it's a more focused in what you're doing and who you're Mm -hmm. offering it to. So you're able to really grow your expertise much more rapidly in that way too. But then you're also able to be that clear person that people need to hire and they're like, Price is not even an option. They're like, yeah. whatever, because I know you're going to be able to help me. They have that that confidence. I like to say you have to build no love and trust. So they have to know who you are and what you're good at. They have to love you, feel that connection, but they also have to trust you and, and see you as the authority. Otherwise, you're just their buddy and they're going to go yeah. hire someone else. Sure. And it, is it a slow process, you say, most often? Yes and no. Yes and no. So this is where it comes back to showing, not telling. And there's a couple different ways to do this. So I'll first I'll use an example uh, from back in my 20s um, of how I got a job, how I got a different job. So I was in a job. Things had changed there. I was just starting to think like, ooh, I might want to start putting some feelers out. And I like hadn't even updated my resume. Like I was not there yet, but I was starting to have that thought. Mm-hmm. I was on the board for Rochester Women's Network at the time. So I've always been kind of like, how do I get in, you know, in those positions where I can be contributing, but also be connecting with people who would be helpful. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was I think it was the annual meeting and I had to get up in front of everyone and present. I was like director of marketing. And so it was, you know, presenting on all of this stuff. And I got down from the podium and went to go talk to a couple of girlfriends. And there was someone new there who I hadn't met before. And we had started talking. She was like, oh, you're great. And So two things happened here, right? So she had asked me, what do I do? Now, in that moment, I could have just said what I did and leave it at that. But I had had this thought of like, I really want something new. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? Let me be vulnerable about this. Let me let my guard down and and say, you know what? I think I'm going to start looking for something new. So I did. I shared what I did and I let the group know, but this new person know that I was going to start looking for something. Well, she had just seen me in action of talking to everyone and was like, we are hiring. You would be perfect for us. I had an interview Friday and like was hired the next week. It was crazy. Like, wow, like that's how it happens, right? Like people seeing you in action and then being able to break down that wall a little bit to let people in. Because if I wouldn't have said that I'm looking for something, she would have never offered that to me. She just would have been like, Jacqueline was great. Or put up a front like everything is perfect. Yeah, Yeah. totally. So back to your people Mm -hmm. that are like, yes, like let the guard down sometimes because that's when you're going to true like vulnerability creates connection. I think that's Brene Brown's quote. Um, Big Brene fan. And it's so true. Like that's when you're letting that guard down, that's when you're able to build connection. Now, fast forward, how this has helped 
in my business. So I actually have an intro that I call the story sell intro that we can talk about if we have time. Um, But what that is, is when you're meeting new people and when you're talking about what you do, Mm -hmm. to talk about it in a way that makes them either see themselves working with you or start picturing people they could refer you to. Or if you're in a job, perhaps think of you for their company or to refer you for someone. The key here is most of the time when we introduce ourselves, we'll say a title. Actually, interesting. Good example today. We have not given a title for me. <laughs> like I don't like, right? Like we weren't like, oh, Jacqueline's a business coach or a marketing. Like we, we have not actually given me a title. And that is by design. Because if you introduce yourself and you, and you start with a title, the way the human mind works is people are immediately going to start picturing this bucket of all of the people they know ah, with that with the same, same or similar title. Okay. So immediately you get dumped into the bucket with all the other people who are seemingly just like you. Now, when I say introduce yourself, I say start with who do you serve? Say that, like identify that group. So sometimes they'll say experts or entrepreneurs or you know, coaches and consultants, service providers, mm. depending on the group, right? Mm-hmm. Usually I say experts. But when you're specific about who you serve, you're able to use that same concept, only now they start picturing a bucket of everyone they know who's uh. that person who you can help or that company that you like to work for. Yeah. So you're able to use that to your advantage. And now they're like thinking of like, oh, is that me? Is that my friend? Is that my cousin? And they go into the conversation in a much different way. That is really interesting. And all this kind of stuff you offer in your course, right? Well, this is actually, a, like, a, I have my whole story sell intro on a podcast episode. I can look up the number. <laughs> but the story sell intro is, I go through it in all detail on GoToGal on the podcast. It's a recent episode, too. Um, but I forget the number offhand, but maybe I'll, I'll be able to pull it up while we're talking. But yes, and I, I actually mainly work with people in in group coaching and mastermind programs. So I do have a couple of courses, but mainly I have a local go-to gal mastermind here. And I have a group coaching program called the Authority Incubator that is virtual. And I work with a select few clients one-on-one too. And we have a couple courses that's great for passive revenue, but I really, being an extrovert, I like being with people. And I've been really intentional. I built my business from home very shortly after I started my business. I got pregnant and then I was on bed rest and then I had a newborn. And it was so amazing that I did not have to leave the house ever. But now I like now that I do have my kids in school or daycare, I, I have more time to be doing things mm-hmm. like, like this is even more fun than doing normally when I do podcast interviews. I'm in my living room. Right. So I've been trying to do more in-person stuff. So we started having some local events for GoToGal. I have a local mastermind and taking on some local clients too. Awesome. But yes, the story sell intro is basically just a way to talk about what you do so that you're painting the story of what you do where people can remember that story easier and it sticks with them. But they also like see that picture and they don't just automatically assume that you're like everyone else who has that title. Sure, yeah, yeah. And stories are the best way of... Selling yourself, selling a product, whatever it is, your business, your brand. Um, Okay, so now your smart money strategy you can leave us with. Do you have one? Okay, well, I leave you two. (laughs) So we're talking about connections today, and I just want to say, continue to lead into that. Build those relationships. Get out of your office or out of your house and, and get in person because 
There's power in proximity. And there's so many amazing people here right here in Rochester. So like get in those rooms and go deep, make those connections, but also go on LinkedIn or Facebook and connect online. Like with us, sure. we connected online first yeah. and then we met in person. So there's a way to use both to your advantage. Okay. Push so yourself. just, yes, Push there's like a quote, out of there. exactly. Yeah. There's a quote, your network is your net worth. And like, it truly is. The other thing with my business, and I like to share this as a mom who has a business and juggling things, is when I had my son and I was trying to figure out like, okay, I can have a nanny. I have this amount of money I can spend and I can get a nanny for this many hours. I was really struggling with finding the right nanny and I wasn't ready to put him into daycare yet. And I'm like, how am I going to make this work? And I took a step back and was like, okay, how else could I use this? And I ended up at that time because my why in the beginning for starting my business was that I wanted to be able to have a second child and and have that flexibility, right? So, and I love the baby stage. The toddler stage, I'm like, okay, great. I can use a break. <laughs> you just wait for the teenage stage, my oh, friend. Boy. <laughs> the toddler stage, I'm like, okay, great. Go to school for a bit. Mom needs to like work. want the toddler stage back oh, once dear. they're teenagers. I'm not, I'm not ready. <laughs> but the baby stage, I'm like, I will hold this baby all day long. Oh, and so I, I was able to keep my son home with me till 10 months by building up my team and having other people do the things that I was too tired to do that were not my real area of expertise and that just took up a lot of time and was able to get those off of my plate and just work during like nap times and stuff. So invest in those things that yes. you wanted to kind of wipe clean from your plate. Totally. Well, I was able to Which is to hard then, to invest in so, something when you're just starting off. It is, but it changed everything. Ah. One, I felt more happy and fulfilled. Two, I had like, I'm like, this is now a write-off. Like I'm not paying oh, some, okay, right? Like, so, now, so this is where the money tip comes in, right? It's like, okay, now I have this like really great write-off where if your I was just paying shows some up, nanny, Yeah, and you're like, hello, write-off. Yeah, the baby's over there. The other write-off is right there. <laughs> the other write-off is right there. It's all about the write-offs. Oh, so, yes, that was such a big... And now I've continued to grow my team. And I and we also have, obviously have childcare for the kids as the business grows and I need more time. But that was such a big okay. shift for me of like, I don't have to do everything. And I actually am better when I don't do everything. My assistant recently uh, took a full-time job. So we're in transition fixing that role. And my aunt was over and I'm like, oh my gosh, like all of these admin stuff, like I am horrible at this admin work. And she was like, oh, well, don't tell your clients that. And I'm like, what? I tell all of my clients that. Like, <laughs> like they don't hire me because I'm really good at like answering emails or filling out forms. They hire me for my brain and how I can uh, help them, right? Yeah. So we don't have to put on this front that we're perfect to our clients either. But knowing where our weaknesses is and being able to hire people in those areas, like I'm all about like instead of trying to improve your weaknesses, like quadruple down on your strengths and help have help in the oh, other areas. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Jacqueline Malone, the go-to gal. The best way to find you is... Well, definitely go listen to the Go To Gal podcast. We have new episodes twice a week. And come find me on Instagram at Jacqueline underscore Malone. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next week on the podcast, believe it or not, it's the first Friday of the month. And if you listen every week, well, then you know our good friend, CFP VP at Morgan Stanley, Erica Cummings, joins the conversation. If you're new to the podcast, Erica Cummings is awesome. She is all about helping women become more knowledgeable about what's going on with their finances, getting us to be more engaged with what's going on. She has laid out a plan for us, and every month we tackle a certain area of our finances. It's kind of nice. It's easy to digest little chunks at a time. So we'll meet you back here next Friday. In the meantime, you have a great Labor Day weekend. 
and I'll talk to you next week. Cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Seven Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women. Thank you.